Jerry here from Podcast Radio. Got a guest with me who's become a bit of a writer. I always, I've always wanted to write a book, and then you think, mm, what would my book be about? I'm always jealous of people who have actually finished a book, because then they can say what it was about. Steve is with me, Steve Kahn. Now, Steve's a bit of a man who knows how to get things started, get projects off the ground, and, and to make things move. But what's the book about? Well, the title, Microcap Magic, Why the Biggest Returns Are in the Stocks You've Never Heard Of. See what I mean? I was hinting that he can get things moving and, and get returns. Now, Steve, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jared. When did you think, I'm going to write a book? I know that sounds, you know, forget the subject of the book. When did you say, I'm going to put pen to paper and start this book? Well, I've thought about it most of my life. My undergraduate degree is in writing, and I always assume I'd write something. And uh, as it happens, fate twisted and turned and brought me into the investment business. And 25 years later, I'm an expert, and uh, hey, why not write a book about that? It's funny when you say you're an expert in the investment business, because it is an industry in itself, investments. You know, forget what you invest in, the actual industry. We've discovered that, or I've discovered it personally over the last few years, and it surprised me. Um, for someone who doesn't understand that investment is uh, an industry in itself with skills and terms and all the rest that go with it, when did you get into it, and what did you think of it both before you got into it and after now as, a, as an expert? I got into it in 1986. I was recruited, uh, well, I should say I went uh, job hunting in 1986 uh, and uh, was offered a couple of jobs in that business. It was a very hot bull market at the time, uh, and everybody was hiring anybody with any kind of sales skills or who could string three syllables together. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so I uh, got three offers. Uh, I picked the one that uh, sort of resonated with me. This was a company that uh, was more entrepreneurial. It was smaller. It had you know more of a growth opportunity for me personally. And it also financed uh, companies that were uh, sort of you know almost almost venture capitally, but also they were already publicly traded or they were going public. So we would do these small IPOs in these sort of very cutting edge technology companies. And that appealed to me, uh, sort of the idea of uh, innovating and disrupting and uh, sort of, you know, <laughs> getting behind things that might change the world. If I can ask you about companies and businesses and startups and entrepreneurs for a second, Gen Zers now and potentially millennials think Facebook, Instagram and apps are, are, are a business. And I don't know if you'd agree with me here. They think an app is your business. So let's make an app. And it's almost strange to think of the world before apps were kind of the platform that you could connect via the internet and obviously your smartphone. It, it's on an app a little, that's your mini business, if, if that makes sense for someone listening right now. That's where my head's at with apps. Where do we go next? Could there be a future where the app is now old school? Is wh Where do you think it's headed? Or where's your head at when you look at new businesses and where they are headed? Well, the one truism in this business is that um, it, it's hard to see around corners. Uh, you don't know what's coming next. Uh, never would have thought that this little handheld device would you know, have more power than the uh, giant room-sized computers that sent man to the moon in 1969. Uh, you, could have, you couldn't have foreseen that, I don't think, um, that then it would also be something that you carry around with you all the time, interacting with it 24-7, and that it would uh, be able through apps or through other you know, content uh, vehicles like uh, you know, browser or whatever, deliver content and capabilities to you. Uh, couldn't have foreseen that. What's next? No idea. Uh, but you, know, you hope to develop a bit of an ear for it when you're hearing about uh, innovations. Uh, whether it's you know quantum computing, which is a, a, a new next buzzword, or uh, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, these are things that appear to be the next big thing. 
blockchain, you know, crypto, that sort of thing. Just don't know. Uh, the idea is to uh, be thoughtful and uh, and sort of uh, rigorous in your analysis of those opportunities. See if they seem like they might make sense, and then back a diversified portfolio of companies in that space that seem to have good leadership. I haven't done a few interviews for a while. And then for some reason, about three or four weeks ago, I've done about four or five interviews. Like you might be the fifth one, Steve. And I think maybe a week ago, and if someone's a regular listener to Podcast Radio, I'm sorry for repeating myself with a different guest. But we were talking about security on websites and there's a certificate, you know, and a whole industry on how you keep your privacy private and all the rest online. And where I want to go with that is bringing up the same thing to you. With investments, it happens so fast now with the emergence of technology. Or I know it's all relative, but the way it's happening so fast, the DVD player was that brand new technology. And now we look at it as old. Now it was designed, it was um, perfected, it beat out Blu-ray, I think it was, as the competitor. So we had the one true uh, goods and service of DVD players. And now it's old technology that kids wouldn't understand. What's your thinking with the fact that things can be a flash in the pan when it comes to investment? Well, that's exactly right. Um, and it's it's not just DVD because DVD replaced, you know, VHS tapes, which themselves replaced, you know, replaced, um, you know, fit, uh, film, thin film or, you know, whatever what do you call it, uh, you know, a microfilm. Uh, and, you know, that happened in a, in a decade, you know, where VHS was all the rage. And next thing you know, there's no blockbuster stores on the planet. And then DVD comes along and says, oh, well, this is nothing will ever supplant DVD. And then next thing you know, you've got uh, Netflix who started on the DVD side. A lot of people don't even remember that. They were delivering DVDs, you know, to your home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they d decided that streaming would be a good idea. But that required advances in other technology, which was bandwidth, right? You didn't have the bandwidth to stream at high resolution and the compression technologies to compress the video in such a way that it could be transmitted over those uh, broadband lines uh, until, you know, relatively recently. So that's the other thing that's very interesting is one, one advancement in technology begets many others. Uh, you know, quantum computing, I just mentioned a minute ago, uh, it is going to render every single cryptography solution uh, completely useless in, in five to 10 years. So there's got to be other uh, security, you know, protocols, security schemes developed to, you know, to uh, defeat quantum computing. Um, and, and it just goes on and on and on and on. It's like, you know, what, what do you get when you build a tall wall? You, know, you build a 12-foot wall, you get 13-foot ladders. <laughs> Once you get 13-foot ladders, you build a 15-foot wall, and then you get a 16-foot ladder, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. Yeah, if you're listening now to Steve and I just chat technology, and I don't know if I'm right in saying this, but I did hear it again in another interview this week. You can tell I've been tech savvy. Quantum computing, the idea is we're on zeros and ones right now, and this thing's going to open up the world to zero to nine. It means there's so much ready to happen in front of us, and, and it blows my mind. You watch those space films and think, oh, it's futuristic, but there's Elon Musk chasing down that dream to get to Mars within people's lifetimes who are on the planet now. It blows my mind. Steve, on your book, before I let you go, it says microcap. Now, just as a phrase, what is that? Why should people be aware of that? Well, cap is short for capitalization. Capitalization is the number of shares outstanding to, uh, times multiplied by the, the price of the stock. Uh, and uh, stocks, you know, as long as I can remember, have been broken down into uh, 
large cap, well now mega cap, mega cap, large cap, mid cap, small cap, micro cap, and then nano cap. Uh, and micro cap just means small capitalization. Uh, so it, that definition has changed over the years. Uh, some would call a micro cap under $500 million market valuation, meaning again, if there's a, a stock at $5 and there's 100 million shares outstanding, meaning all shares owned by all shareholders uh, is 100 million, at $5, it's a $500 million market cap. Well, anything under that, uh, would be considered micro cap. Now, under $50 million valuation, which are all just in, um, infinitesimally small public companies who probably shouldn't be public, but many, many, many are, uh, we call those nano caps. But in any case, it's small uh, capitalization companies. I mean, it's an interesting world again. I talk about people bridging or finding and discovering this new world. The stock market is one of them, and people seem to get a thrill out of it. Is that what's happening in the stock market? You get a thrill, let alone a return. It must be like, I don't know, is, is it worth bringing up the analogy of betting on the horses, that there is a, such excitement for people when it goes right? Well, certainly, uh, there's an element of that. Uh, you know, the, the stock market is really just a proxy for business activity, should be. Uh, but more and more, you know, especially in an environment where people can't get returns on their money hardly anywhere else, I mean, we're, I mean, that's why it's what's driving all these meme coins. If you follow cryptocurrency, you know, these coins that have really no utility whatsoever, they're being completely um, just, you know, just uh, set upon by retail investors, you know, unsophisticated small investors for the most part who want to, you know, they want to, you know, you get something to get some return and makes them feel part of something. Uh, but the market in general um you know, if you're if you're looking at it uh, appropriately and responsibly, um, it's a long-term wealth creation vehicle um, that uh, you know kind of tracks the growth of the economy. Now you can be selective in how you get exposure to that growth, and that's why you know there are stock pickers. Otherwise, you just throw your your money in a mutual fund and just you get what the market gets. Uh, now I've always said that we don't. When I say we, and my, I mean my partners and, and me, uh, we don't invest in the stock market. We invest in individual companies based on the fundamentals of those companies against the potential of those companies and do a risk-reward analysis as to whether we think we're paying a good price for that risk. Fantastic. I mean, even then, you, you've explained it simply, but people will be thinking, let's stay on the track. Am I still with it? That's the whole point of the book, isn't it? People can consume it at their own speed, enjoy your mindset on it, and, and get a bit of a look behind the curtain. Um, how, how, how's it been becoming an author, Steve? <laughs> it's uh, uh, incredibly uneventful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're selling it. <laughs> it, it, it uh, you know, when it came out, it became, an it became an Amazon number one bestseller, which was, you know, very satisfying. It was, it was, you know, in a fairly narrow category, so it's not like it had mountains of competition to beat for the time period it was rated as, as such. Uh, but, you know, Flash Boys was a New York Times number one bestseller. I beat it in two categories over the period I was uh, launching, which is awesome. Brilliant. Um, and so I can always say I'm an Amazon number one bestseller author, selling author, which is you know better for cocktail conversation than it is for <laughs> anything else. <laughs> Uh, but it has led to opportunities. I've been invited quite a bit to speak at things and to, uh, I've been interviewed. I, I, it does help in my business because I am an investment banker. You know, we raise capitals for what we think are promising growth companies. Uh, and uh, we get deals sent to us in part when they're small public companies, which is 
microcaps, uh, they get sent to me in part because, oh, he's the guy who wrote the book yeah. on investing yeah. in microcaps. If he gets behind our story, that will mean something to somebody out there in the market. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Steve, or I should say on the front of the cover of the book, by the way, if, if for those listening, it's Stephen Kahn. Um, Steve, been a real pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for your insight. Well, thanks so much, Gerard. I appreciate it. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional book, book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy, happy reading! reading.